Hey, gang. Welcome back to Developments in the ATL with Jeff Smith, recording from the Business Radio X studios inside of Renaissance Bank in Alpharetta, where we talk about all things economic development throughout the metro Atlanta area with a focus on residential real estate. I am the branch manager of the downtown Roswell location for Assurance Financial, specializing in residential home mortgages. We fund our own loans, underwrite, and process in-house, have four quality appraisers on rotation, and if it's a residential loan you need, we've got the product. FHA, VA, USDA, conventional jumbo, and construction, our engine is built to get our clients' loans quickly, cleanly, and to have the most competitive rates on the market. If you're a realtor, we love to help your first-time home buyers by educating them throughout the process so they feel comfortable throughout the deal. We love making it simple and smooth for your high-end buyers, and ultimately, we bring happy clients on time to your closing tables. I absolutely cannot believe that I'm saying this, but happy holidays, folks. Thanksgiving is a week away. This year flew right by. We are knee-deep in the holiday season, and this I really can't believe I'm saying, but the Braves are world champions. I've been waiting to see that again for 26 years, and uh, it, what an incredible week it's been. Um, you know, at, as it is most of the time during the holidays, the residential real estate market is starting to slow just a bit, and that is, of course, relative as we're coming out of what was the most competitive market here ever. Uh, in recorded history. It's been a street fight all year for buyers to win contracts on homes. And it kind of feels like folks are taking a second to catch their breath, maybe. No doubt my real estate friends have been working overtime to make sure their clients are happy. And we're going to get to those numbers in just a second with our good friend Mitchell Palm. He'll uh, let us know exactly what's really going on right now. Um, But first, I would like to introduce my very wonderful guests, Realtors Tom and Joanne Curtin of the Curtin Team. Tom and Joanne founded the Curtin Team in 2001 and have since closed over $500 million in home sales. I think I'll put it differently because it sounds a little bit better. They have closed over a half a billion dollars in home sales. That must feel pretty good, guys. Uh, Helping more than 1,700 clients to buy or sell their home. They have this process down to a science. They've actually broken the home selling process into 150 individual tasks. They are considered experts in their industry, hosting education workshops around town and have won multiple awards in real estate. They also started a nonprofit, which I find very interesting, called the Curtain Team Cares in 2008, offering financial assistance to local organizations and individuals in need. Tom and Joanne, welcome and thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. I feel so important. Well, Love that intro. Thank you. Well, I'm. Uh, it's history, and you guys have done a great job. You've uh, done a great job at uh, growing your brand and, and keeping it fresh and throughout Roswell, and I can't wait to touch on that for just a little bit. Um, why don't you guys go ahead and tell us a little bit about your team and a little bit about the Curtain Team? Oh, gosh. Where should we start, Tom? You know me. So, I'll go way back. Yeah, so, my, okay. so Joanne and I have worked together for 20 years now, um, and we um, – formed the, the team really just to provide um, better service to our clients, but also better service to the agents that are on the team. Um, we feel like, you know, everybody should work in their strengths. Um, we know with agents, mm-hmm. paperwork's not always a strength, right? So we, we've got support staff to do that. Um, and we've got a great group. I mean, it's, um, I don't know. Um, what would you say, Joanne? Well, I was going to say, you know, we, uh, 
before that, like I always like to back up. I mean, we started um, the team in our basement in Roswell mm-hmm. 20 years ago, and we were running it, you know, having the best time of our lives, like loving the life we were living and helping others. And then um, after the crash and the recession, we were like, oh my gosh, here it comes again. And we knew that we had to, you know, um, we had to grow uh, through others because it was just going to be a hundred percent our life. And by then we had kids and we had to, we had to give a better level of service now on the second run in. So that was when we made a commitment to really just grow the team. Um, so we could, you know, uh, give clients super high service. So that's really, um, yeah, that's what we've done for the last 10 years is just kind of perfect that. So, um, we've got a great team. Um, and it and is, it is a great team and there's how many, how, how, how big is the team? I know the size of office you have now on Canton half, street. And downtown half Roswell. of us are sales. Half of us are success team. There's uh we're 12, yep. 12 of us now. We're 12. There you go. Well, congratulations on that. It's just been a tremendous amount of success. And like I say, uh, everybody around downtown Roswell especially knows the curtain team and who they are. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about more of that in a second, but are you guys just before we get to the data, are you guys seeing any sort of, what's your read on the market right now? Are you starting to see any sort of slowdown? I mean, typically it does during the holidays anyway, but what are you guys seeing? I I was going to say back in August is when I first saw, um, a change, but Tom. Yeah. I mean, last year was kind of weird because we were feeling that slingshot from having the shutdown and then we didn't have the normal seasonality that we usually see right <clears throat> um in this year I, I feel like it's we're going from 120 miles an hour down to 80 miles an hour so it feels feels slower it's still fast but it's slower than we were going right it, it has been a wild so. wild mm-hmm. wild ride this year there's no doubt about it yeah and instead of like you know 15 offers on a house right um maybe not 15 but um maybe two three right and it depends on the pricing too i mean i you know Everybody's like, the market's amazing. Well, it depends on who you ask. Who are you asking? Sellers, buyers, or the agents, right? Because everybody's experiencing such a different game uh, depending on who side you're on with it all. So, Well, let's go ahead and get right to our data guy. We've got, um, uh, let's go to our finger that sits directly on the pulse of Atlanta. Mitchell, I'm sure you've been called a lot worse than that. (laughs) Uh, But folks... (laughs) Mitchell is the foremost expert when it comes to residential real estate data in the metro Atlanta area. Mitchell Palm with Smart Real Estate Data. Uh, And Mitch, I'll do your introduction here. Since 1996, Smart Real Estate Data has been the premier source for residential real estate information in the Southeast, providing timely and accurate data to the nation's top builders, developers, appraisers, suppliers, brokers, investors, and banking professionals. Smart Real Estate Data was the only company used for analysis to extend the 2010 housing stimulus in the U.S. Senate at the request of Senator Johnny Isaacson, a longtime real estate guy here in the Atlanta area. And since arriving at Smart Real Estate Data, Mitchell has run the market's due diligence and consulted on hundreds of residential real estate developments throughout the Southeast. Um, Starting in Atlanta, they now collect and publish data for markets across the entire Southeast, and we're very pleased to welcome via phone the one and only data master, Mitchell Palm. Mitchell, welcome to the show. Jeff, thank you very much. Quite the intro. I always appreciate it. Well, so we're talking about a slowdown because, yeah, we kind of felt it, but you have said that there's actually some numbers attached to that. Um, what are, What is your read on the market right now? What are you seeing out there? 
Yeah, I was on the show in early August, and I think Joanne just mentioned it too. When when COVID happened, everybody was we were freaking out too. You know, um, we had a lot of of our clients are mainly builders, developers, and land brokers more on the new construction side, obviously. You know, they, they were cautious too. They didn't know what's about to happen. And so we were worried, you know, it's you know, this 2007 all over again. And luckily it was quite the opposite. And so obviously we just had a, a run that we maybe will never see ever again um, with pricing going up 30% year over year. Uh, in, a, in a decent you know market, it wasn't like it was the bottom and we're coming right back up. That's insane. Um, but what I yeah, what I mentioned in August is that we just saw our first down month in closings since COVID happened, and that was in July. And so we we predicted that you know this could be um, happen anyways. We were saying this in, in earlier 2021. You know we can't sustain uh, the price appreciations like we are that we've been seeing. And the price appreciations, they are not slowing down whatsoever. Um, you know, we just came out with some good numbers. We have some October numbers uh, as well. But in terms of pricing, pricing overall Metro Atlanta is still up 16% from uh, third quarter of last year. But closings overall are down 5%. And that's mostly because the biggest month actually down was um, the month we just experienced. Uh, we saw about a 6% drop. And that, that sounds like, oh, you know, should we be worried or not? But we're not worried at all. Uh, it's still the second highest closing for October of all time. Um, it's 6% down from last year, but it's 11% up from 19. So you put it in that perspective, you know, I think we had a, a little bit of, I don't, I'm not going to call it a bubble, but a, a mad rush to buy a home right after COVID ended. Uh, not ended, but right after COVID, you know, first scared everybody that, that spring month. And it's getting a little bit more back to normal. I think Joanne even mentioned that instead of 15 offers, you're seeing two, but at least you're still seeing two offers. Uh, you are seeing a lot of, right. I, I think people are starting to list homes for maybe more than they're actually worth, but that's understandable because they're still getting uh, uh, sales on those anyways and offers. So 16%, if you could put that in perspective as well, I mean, it's, it's an incredible amount of growth year over year. Like we're down to 16%, but what's a normal... Uh, if there is such a thing as normal in this market, what would be what's a normal year over year price growth usually? We're in the yeah, three to five percent is typically right. what you want to see. And this year alone, I, we're looking at just over you know anywhere from six and twenty percent is probably where we're going to end up at, um, which is going to be the the second highest we've ever seen. We started tracking this data back in the mid nineties, but in the last one, and I, I kind of mentioned this earlier, was back way back in, uh, I believe it was 2013. 2013 was the first year we saw the market really truly rebound from the, the, the crash that we witnessed over that four-year period. And so that's not a good comparison. This is still probably the most expensive, um, well, hottest appreciation market in terms of pricing we've ever seen. I think next year you will start to see a little more of a slowdown. Uh, we're already seeing it in these late months. Earlier in the spring, we saw you know price appreciations of 20 to 30%. Now they're getting a little bit more normal, 10, 15%. And I think probably by midway next year, you'll start to see the 5% increases um, or maybe even be flat. You know, there's a lot, a lot of different factors that go into this. If you see mortgage rates start going up, you're going to see prices to come down. For, uh, that's 100% guaranteed. 100% guaranteed. So and, and even yeah. I say mortgage rates go up, I and mean, we're still historically low in, in mortgage rates. So I, I think people are going to have a natural freak out if you see 3.5, but. 3.5, you know, two years ago was amazing. Um, when I bought my home back in 16, I got 
six five, and I thought that was um, you know astonishing. You're like the all time low. So I was just everything's a perspective. Well, I was just talking to somebody today, him and hawing about three point two five percent, and um, I said, you know, a year and a half ago, this is the best rate ever in recorded history. So, you know, and you mentioned, uh, you said the word bubble, but you didn't mean to say the word bubble, but it's interesting because people are asking me all the time because everybody realized how bizarre this year has been, you know, are we in some kind of bubble? How are we, you know, it's just like 2007, but the supply and demand is way different than it was in 2007. I mean, how, you know. Which talk to people's fears that, you know, just because the values are going up so much, I don't want to invest because I think it's all going to crash. And I've had people tell me that, but it just, I just don't talk about that. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, we have have seen an increase in months of supply. So, how many homes are for sale and how many closings in the last 12 months? And I think this is the seventh consecutive month or sixth consecutive month, seen a month over month increase in months of supply. Um, there's nothing to be worried about. Today's month of supply is the same as it was in February of this year. It's just that we, we reached such a, a substantial bottom at under one month um, in the spring months and all the way through July that you know, that wasn't normal whatsoever. And like you said, is it, is it a bubble like it was in 07? The month of supply back in 07 was 6.5. So I think we actually have to add, I, I did this math not too long ago, but I think we have to add like 50,000 homes to the market to even get back to what we were Back in what was considered a normal market um, back in 2006, little did we know, obviously, at the time. But I think really a four months of supply is probably more of a true equilibrium. Uh, anything under that is the seller's market. And even today, it's not the the largest seller's market of all time, Metro Atlanta, but you could definitely say it's the second largest. Um, and it's very close behind the first. Great. So we say slow down, slow down back to a normal market, basically, is kind of what we're kind of what we're looking for possibly just a little bit less but you know we'll see what yeah we'll, we'll still see yeah. the second highest retail closing um of all time this year just behind last year um or at least on a trillion 12 month basis but yeah i, I awesome. we're not worried whatsoever most of our clients are builders obviously they're one of the first they do so so many different uh, analytics on on um you know seeing if the market's going to slow down and they're not worried that at, at all either. Their biggest issues are finding lots of land and, and getting labor and getting materials. So if they can build a home, they're going to sell it. Right, right. And uh, we still it's still hard to find land. It's still hard to find materials. Right. Yep. And I guess it's a good leeway even. Uh, I guess, you know, Zillow, or I think we're going to talk about iBuyers a little bit, but Zillow, you know, it, should we be worried that they are pulling out of their iBuyers program? Uh, do they see some sort of trend? I don't. I don't believe so. I think that that was always kind of a failed um, program, anyways. And, and you know, we do a lot of reports on that for agents all the time. And they were they were making some bad deals, regardless. Maybe they see this as a, a peak, but uh, you know they were losing so much money. And then people are also asking, well, are they going to flood the market with all of their homes that they currently hold? They really don't hold that many homes. Um, all buyer, all I buyer purchases make up five percent of the market. Um, Zillow makes up maybe 10% of that 5%. So you're looking at, at max, maybe 5,000 homes at the market in the next six to nine months. Well, and, and I remember you did a, um, uh, you came to one of our events and you were talking about the iBuyer program and you had this data which showed how much money sellers were leaving on the table by actually going with the iBuyers. And I mean, you had actual data to prove all of that out. Is it that maybe sellers are getting more savvy and not using the product or is it just really just a failed business model 
from the side of Zillow. And if that's the case, if it's a failed business model, do you see all the other iBuyers start to get out of the market? I don't. I know Open Door sees differently. Open Door has been skyrocketing with their purchases. So we actually just came out with our third quarter iBuyer report, and it was the highest quarter of all time. I mean, I had to like triple check these numbers because they just were they they really were absurd. Uh, we had 3,400 homes purchased by an iBuyer in third quarter of this year. Put that in perspective, third quarter of last year we had 275. So that's a, that's over 1,100 percent increase in iBuyer purchases. Um, you know, this year alone is so actually last quarter was more than double of all of last year I buyer purchases. So there's still a lot of activity going on. But as you mentioned too, with the price differences, on average, an I buyer such as Zillow, Open Door, Offerpad uh, is going to buy a home, usually less expensive homes, and they on average actually flip them for over twenty two thousand dollars more than what they paid for it. And they're also getting an, an on average an eight percent fee. So there, there's there's a lot of money to be made on there. You know, I don't work for Zillow. I don't, I don't know anybody who does work for Zillow, at least in the high bar, high bar program. But I'm not sure why they why they dropped it. I mean, there, there obviously were some some metrics in there that um, they saw that it wasn't a good fit for them. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, but Open Door is still, you know, they're still making a lot of money on on this program. Gotcha. So they're still out there. Well, Mitchell, I know you've got uh, some things to do, and I appreciate you so much coming on the show. Um, Thank you so much this year for your data and everything that you've given to us and keep crunching the numbers. We need you out there, us folks on the market out there selling. We need to know what's going on and we appreciate you. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Any big plans? Yes, thank you. You as well. Any big plans? No. Um, I actually started traveling a lot this year and uh, I think we're going to be pretty low key yeah. this Thanksgiving and Christmas, which I don't mind at all. I don't, I don't like traveling during the holidays personally. Right. But nothing, nothing crazy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for going on the show. Go Braves and uh, hope everything goes well. We go hope Braves. To talk, yep. Hope to talk to hey, you go soon. Go Dogs. Go Dogs as well. Go Dogs, yeah. baby. Yeah. I didn't want to, uh, yeah. yeah. I think we're all Dogs fans here, right? Okay. All right. Very good. There we go. Okay. Awesome. That's pretty awesome. Right. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, happy to be back on the future date. Take care. S- take care, Mitchell. Thank, thank you. you. Take care. Bye. Y'all don't, I don't know, y'all are a little bit higher end market on your sales side. I don't know if you run into the iBuyer thing. Is that, is that something, do you consider them like a competition? um, So when Mitchell was talking about those numbers, like, what was it, 247? And now it's 3,400, the 1,100% increase. So to me, that's about the hassle. Mm -hmm. People are, people are doing that because of the hassle that we we can, yeah, I mean, we do, it looks like we do high end because we get a lot of properties in high end condition because we know the money they're leaving off the table. So right. a few years ago, um, right. even prior to Zillow entering the market, we had OfferPad and Open Door here and we we saw that. We saw that our potential clients were leaving money on the table and we said, you know, we need to offer this. So we we do, we have our own in-house iBuyer program, if you will. And, okay. But the difference is we give them the option. So we're okay. saying like, you know, we can buy it. Right. And and if you want to hit the easy button and the convenience and this is that price, right. Or this is what it would look like if you did a retail sale and did a few things to really maximize and mm-hmm. get the return on your investment. Um, so we, we do offer both. And I think that's the difference, right? Like 
And some people open door is not going to well, tell you like what your house is really worth. Well, and they right? have no, right. I, they have so, no idea. Right. Those algorithms don't tell you if you've got a park behind your house and it's worth more than the iBuyer quote they just gave you. Right. It's all just database. They have no. Yep. Right. And then and then the the investors that come to us, they they come to us because the algorithms don't don't give the local perspective. We all know that you could walk to three right. private schools. From this house and the algorithms don't know anything about that. So there's just so much that buy box criteria can't cover. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll go away because there's always going to be that small percentage of the market that it's really a convenience thing. So they have six dogs and three kids and whatever, and they just do not want to deal with right. whatever. Um, that That's a great option for them. Right. Well, there's a lot. So. I deal with uh, both sides as well. And I know how much angst goes into putting your house on the market when you're trying to buy a house. Right. You know, the uncertainty and, and all that can happen to keep your house clean, you know, I mean, right. just every single day. So some people maybe are just willing to pay just to not have to go That's through right. all that. And I remember um, the, I remember the recession we were talking about, you know, after 07 and all, I mean, I remember talking house after house, I would visit house after house and I was just like, there's so much deferred maintenance during 8, 9, 10, 11. I was like, I don't know how they're going to clean their houses up one day. Well, guess what? This is how they got to uh, get them cleaned up. 34,000 houses. Finally, they're like, thank you. Well, people are giving their house away. You don't have to do that. You know, uh, that's why we created this whole, you know, Value proposition. Yeah. Well, we also have um, yeah. a renovate now, pay later, because that's the other thing. Like sometimes people don't have the money to, to fix it up. That's right. So that solves that issue. So you have a program where, how does that work? Um, up to a certain amount, you know, right. we'll basically, we're fronting the, the, the repairs and the upgrades and then at closing it's paid out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And I know that's a, it's a huge inhibitor. And some people, like you said, are leaving money on the table because they're just selling it as is. And whereas just a little touch up here and there, sometimes I assume can add a tremendous amount of value to mm-hmm. a house. Yeah. yeah. And, and I- if we can make you more money, wouldn't you just hire us? And the answer is right. yes. I mean, we uh, we sold a house for somebody who lived in Florida. They're like, uh, truth be told, like this house might not need to be walked into. And we we're like, trust us, we'll do it. We did orchestrate the whole thing. They never came back to Georgia they we they just pocketed the forty k that they were going to say goodbye to and said thank you so much and we yeah we took care of it from you know from from them just like mailing the keys back right to profiting and the even the buyer was like oh this is a gorgeous property I couldn't have afforded something other than this so I mean we just you know we just it was a win 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 triple win but isn't that a risky on your part i mean you're betting pretty big that the i mean, that your knowledge that your repairs are going to improve well, the so value we of the house it. so we taking, tracked put, it yeah, we I mean, made sure that her dot like we would never i mean our our mission on our team is to help people build wealth through real estate okay right. we would never put a sign in the yard if we can't make you a dollar on your you know a dollar on your dollar so we would make sure to hey you this client put this much in, what did they profit? And we were tracking that like 27%, 37%, 36%, 50%. We were like, whoa, like you're making so much on your dollar. Why wouldn't you do this? And then right. it just took off from there. And then now you can see what renovation costs are. So we have someone on our team that is like, that's all they do home transformation stuff. And so that's really She's the one that we put our trust in her, right? Mm-hmm. So if she says 
this is what we should do, then that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she knows the best, you know, suppliers and contractors and all of that to get it done. Um, and she knows ultimately we have to return that money. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. And if you're selling a house, why wouldn't you put trust in the people that are going to sell your house for you who do this on an everyday basis to do the repairs that are going to make you the biggest bang for your buck? Right. Yep. Absolutely. So let me switch gears just a second. So this year has just been insane and everybody's, it's been fascinating for me. And I haven't had any time to watch because I've been just as busy as y'all have, but it's been fascinating to see how people's jobs have and their roles have pivoted, you know, because of the market and our market's ever changing. People always say there's a normal market and there really isn't. I mean, there's always, it seems like something crazy going on and we keep waiting for it to get back to normal. Or it's normal. an election year or. Yeah, it's always something, right? <laughs> It'll be normal after this and then mm-hmm. something else. And that's it. So um, I think it's just the nature of our business. But yeah. um, as a listing agent, as selling a house, how has the role changed this year where it, um, We've gone into this market where, like you said, 15, buy- 15 buyers, 15 competing offers. You know, what is your what is your job? I and mean, do you even have to sell a house? Do you even have to do anything to get a house on the market? You okay, know? so that's yeah. if that's the perception, that <laughs> makes sense of why so many agents get into this business. Because right. they think it's just put a sign in the yard and hope somebody else sells it. That's right. Which has, you know, benefited us because really at the end of the day, people need that expertise and when you get 15 offers, that offer that is dangling, dangling the big number carrot in front of your face is probably the most dangerous one to accept, right? Like you yeah. might even need to take the lowest offer by the time you peel the banana and figure out all what's under the covers with that offer. And, you know, maybe the agent, like, you know, we, we, we know agents and reputation is over revenue out here in this business. So all of that is what I feel like you just, you know, uh, you, that's where we're winning. And I, um, I, I so it's so, a fine, so the it's, role, it's a fine, the, the it, role is yeah. fiduciary and that's yeah, full th- stop. Like th- that's it. Right. I think it, in a way it's, um, I mean, it sounds like, oh, it's easier, but if you have that many offers and we've had as many as like in the forties, right. Insane. That's a wow. lot to sort through. Right. So, I mean, you have to, we had to build spreadsheets. <laughs> right. Um, and, and so that becomes your job. And really like Joanne said, getting into all the details, you know, it's not necessarily about the price. Um, and, and then preparing the house. I mean, there's a difference between if you get the house looking like it should, how many more offers can you get? Right. right. How much higher can you go? Um, so, you know, there are people that are just like, well, just, we don't even need to do anything. Well, right. that's true, but you're that's probably causing mm-hmm. you to lose some money. Well, and and and, and you need to know when you shouldn't, you know, um, like some agents share how many offers are in that can turn off a buyer. Mm. We were talking with Mitchell, you know, buyer fatigue. I think happened in August, mm-hmm. and so that <clears throat> really changed the climate out there. So, um, you know. You may just need to receive offers and not be all, you know, sharing how many offers you have because that can turn people away. I mean, I experienced that in the in the recession too. If you try to make your property look so much better with multiple offers, the buyer can say, you know what, keep your offer. Then, for goodness' sake, if if a, if an agent is is bluffing about that, then they just walked away the best buyer that they their only buyer that they could have ever had. It so it can be a mess. Well, let me ask. So we're talking to real estate, we're real estate people. So we, I know what you say. I know what you mean when you said 
you know, you got multiple offers and you're peeling back the banana yeah. to see what's behind it. I know what you mean. I know it's behind it, but tell like what could possibly be, Hey, I got, I mean, a lot of people think I got this offer. It's they got, they're offering me the most money. You know, why would I not take that offer? What is, what kinds of things yeah. could make that a weak <clears throat> okay, offer? So- yeah. You've got due diligence, right? Which is your inspection. So there's definitely strategy behind that. There's financing. So you want to look real careful at the financing, right? And talk to the loan officer on the other side, right? If there's a loan or if it's cash, like, is it really cash? Um, And then, you know, I think possession, right? That's been a big one because maybe people don't know where they're going to go or they need time and, you know, negotiating that time to where you're not having to be out the minute that you're closing. That can that can be worth a lot to people, right? Right. Like what if you could stay in your house for an extra 60 days at no cost after we close? Like, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. little things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So possession, um, I mean, believe it or not, personal property can get pretty hot potato. So uh, that's a very sticky, sentimental things in the property. So, I, you know, we. Right. If a deal doesn't go well. Right. You may have wasted 30 to 45 days and now they got to put it back on the market again and go through that whole process all over again. So it's important to know what's behind Mm -hmm. it. So interesting. And and if you have to terminate a property, you better make that wait to make that phone call when you've got another buyer in the wings with a backup. So the backup is a whole nother, you know, banana to peel. Right. You need to have backups so that you never really have to you know, come off the market. And so now you're making sure the backups are ready to go. So that if you do have to pivot, you know, it's going to get done quickly right. and, and then you're ready somewhere to jump to. Yep. yep. And sometimes the, it's sometimes it's, it was better to be a backup in our market because you could put pressure on first buyer, first buyer's gone and backup gets the, I mean, the, the backups had a better at bat than the first offer. She so almost wanted to be, the, it, it just got really interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh, interesting. And all these things you never <laughs> did. And, and so, it's fascinating because I'm on the buyer side most of the time as a mortgage banker. I'm working with the buyer's agent. We're I'm, we're a team trying to make ourselves our client as attractive as possible. And so I'm, I've always asked buyers agents, "What are you doing? You know, what's your magic? What are you doing? What kind of tricks are you doing?" As as and I know you all have buyers agents as well, but on the listing side, you know, what are some of the things that some buyers agents have done to separate their clients and make their clients more attractive, other than just giving you the best price? Well. And you oh, mentioned man. on some. Yeah, I, I mean, the super short due diligence, of course, is attractive um, or or no due diligence I mean, at all. Yeah, I've had, I mean, seen I, that. on the um, other buyer broker, I mean, I wasn't their, their broker, but I think we got a contract with some TBDs, like just pick your, fill in your blank, yeah, like blank right. contract. I'm not advocating that, but my seller loved it. I mean, they got wow. to pick it all. So that was fun. Well, that's interesting. I haven't seen that Yeah, that puts your client in some danger, but mm-hmm. that was fun for the seller to receive. Interesting. That's good stuff. Um, so now we're, I guess we're kind of pivoting back into this, uh, quote unquote, normal market time to take stop. What are y'all, I know you're usually around the holidays, um, going off script a little bit here, but y'all can handle this. This is an easy question around the holidays. I usually sit back and kind of, um, look at how the year was, what went right, what went wrong, what do I need to change? How do I fix, uh, 2022, so as we head towards the holidays, what does what is the does the curtain team get into that? Are you guys just still busy on deals? No, what are the, we what do are the holidays for sure. Like, like yeah. the op- operations team um, really takes this time to do a lot of project work um, yeah. and kind of look at our systems because we always say whatever we're going to change, right? We got to have it locked and loaded by February first. 
because that's for us when spring market starts. So we do take this time to kind of evaluate what can we do to make things better for the team, the clients, you know, what systems do we need to do if we're going to bring in any new piece of software, like this would be the time of the year to do it. Um, so all of those things happen like right now for me, cause I'm on the operation side, I actually feel uh, a lot of times more busy this time of the year because I'm trying to get all that stuff done. Sure. Um, and just kind of putting my, our, our heads down and working on a lot of that while we, while we have the breathing room to do it. Um, well, and a fun call to make, which I called yesterday and, and asked quite a few people like, Hey, we're planning, you know, our team is planning like vacations for 2022. Like, do you have real estate related plans for the year? Cause we need to kind of work around what you're going to be doing. I mean, everybody's going to travel and that right. is such a big, you know, we need to plan around people's travel. So we need to know kind of what that is. Yeah. But the agents, I mean, our agents are still working. I mean, that's for sure. I think a lot of d- agents do stop and that's a benefit to us, I guess. We just keep going. Um, we, we make it a rule. Nobody's ever out of town. Like nobody's, we're, we can't always, always vacation there, right? at the same time. Um, and well, we do, our, 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 we have a saying in our office, if you want to get busy, just go on vacation. Oh, like, for sure. Bound, yeah. yeah. It's magic. Um, we do client events. So this is like a time of the year when we do that. So we have our fall festival. We do a pie giveaway. We have a photos with Santa. So that all hits within 60 days. Right. Well, y'all are so, very busy. Yeah, yeah. Very busy during this time of year. Yeah. And, and speaking of ops. Okay. So I um, had a construction company years ago and I tried me and Brenda, my wife, Brenda, we tried working together. And it did not work out so well. Okay, we uh, we did not we were not able to separate the business partner wife relationship. We didn't know how to turn it on, turn it off, and um, we both had our way of doing things. Let's just say uh, mm-hmm. we're great. Marriage is wonderful. You'll be happy to know, and I know you know that. But um, how do you guys tell me a little bit about working with your spouse? I mean, what is that like? How do you? not take this business home or is it just seamless? Is it natural? Do you not even know that? I mean, what had, tell me a little bit about how, how y'all make this work. So it's that's definitely, a, that's a, a question we uh, asked. A yeah. Lot. I learned, is it, I learned skill yeah. for sure. I mean, I we've think, been on a panel for, uh, yeah. for husband and wife. I think prior to kids, it was, it was easier and we had to really, because we could just go all the time and it was like, whatever. But, um, what? once we had, had kids, we had to build, like a lot more boundaries around it. But, 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 but really like, what are we doing together? Like Tom and I have well, that's, never that's done the key, anything is like together. That's the key. Like we, we've always had separate roles. We're not, we're not going on appointments together. We're not, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, we did at one time try to share an office that did oh, not work Tom at all. Is a mess. <laughs> I mean, apparently, His apparently I, I breathe incorrectly and a lot of other things. Yes. The, okay. the breathing, okay. there right. was breathing yeah. involved. Yeah. So, so, we we separated offices and now we we're not even in yeah we're we're very separated from that standpoint we can um, go days without talking about business but we text constantly right but so, i but i think we got more intentional about you know and, and having kids again they'll call us out like um oh. if we're sitting at the dinner table and we we start to talk about business they'll they they would call us out so we we got out of that habit um, so we just learned to separate it. And my daughter still doesn't know who the boss is. She's still confused. Oh, yeah. That's an ongoing Mom, who's the boss? The house. She can't figure it out. Oh, that's a lot of fun. We love that. Like, yeah. she can't figure But, no, I think Tom and I have always – I mean, and this is how we grow our team. Like, let's have a life. Like, let's have a, let's have a great relationship. And if anything is irritating us, 
we just need to remove that, right? And keep this relationship, you know, first and foremost, but stay in our lanes. Tom has a, you know, distinct lane he's in. I'm in my lane. And we know when uh, Tom tells me often, like, you're in my lane, like stay in your lane. And that is kind of all we need to do. And same with everyone else on our team. They kind of, you know, we model it for them. Hey, stay in your lane. And, um, you know, well, that's, 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 a, that's, a, that that's maybe that's can, the trick. It's yeah. staying in your lane. I know. Mm-hmm. Just know your strengths and stay in the lane. Right. I even, mm-hmm. I, I coach youth sports. So I coach my kids and when I coach them, I'm not the coach. I'm the guy who told them to clean up the room that day. I'm the mm-hmm. guy that, you know, and, and so likewise, you're supposed to be staying in your lane, but he's also the guy who's leaving. Mm-hmm. I assume if his office is messy, the house is messy too, you know, Look how we've got you pegged now. <laughs> well, and f- the perfect example is like he still when, breathes at the house. When right? COVID went down and stress hit, Tom went in the basement. I went in the top office, and we just did naturally like did what we did best, and that was separate, divide, and conquer. Right? Well, y'all do a great job. I've met your whole team, wonderful people. Thank you. Um, and it kind of leads me into the next thing. You know, y'all have done more. It's not. Uh, a lot of realtors just talk about the numbers. Hey, I got to get this many deals this year. I got to do this, got to do that. And and it's always about the sale. And it's like, that's the last thing I end up talking about when I talk to you two or anybody on your team. And, you know, one of the things that y'all have actually done, which very, uh, you know, a lot of people give away, a lot of people donate, but y'all have actually gone the extra mile and started a nonprofit, mm-hmm. Curtain Team Cares. Mm-hmm. So, you know, tell me how, first of all, how did that come about and what, what do you, what is that? What are you guys doing? Yeah. So that, um, uh, I, we started it several years ago and it grew, it was always something we wanted to do. And, you yeah, know, and Tom's we, from Roswell. Yeah. Class of 91. So we wanted to do something really local. Right. And, um, and this opportunity gave us, so we have the ability to do things really quickly. So we do have a board and we, but we can make super fast decisions. So if, you know, there's an immediate need with a family. We can, you know, we, we saw this in our real estate business. Stuff would come up sometimes and you're just like, gosh, you want to help these people. Um, so that's one part of it. And then there's so many great local organizations already, and then we can just help support them. So we just did something with Children's Development Academy, great um, organization in Roswell. We've really been supporting them. Um, so we every closing we have a certain percentage that goes to um, – to help them out and in, in what they do. And then we also do a um, Roswell high school scholarship, um, which is pretty cool. It's an entrepreneurial scholarship. So it's not based on grades or anything, but showing your entrepreneurial spirit spirit. Okay. So we want to support that. And they not necessarily for a C student, but if they're not a, an A student, it's okay. Right. Yeah. It's just based on what they, what they have done. Um, yeah. they, they fill out, Showed team. initiative, which is all yeah. about what we do every day. Yeah. Okay, so, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's a scholarship for to be used for. So they can use the money however they want, okay. and then we we um, also include with that mentoring. So awesome, yeah. Well, such a cool program, and um, such a cool team, and such a cool couple. I mean, really. <laughs> and speaking of family life, I know I know y'all have it's Friday evening here in the studio. And there are some things we've all got to get back to on the family on the family life. So we're kind of going to go ahead and cut the show there. But I just want to say thank you all so much. It has been uh, so much fun having you on the show. Um, the Curtain team, 
If anybody, uh, how's, how can they reach you? If anybody has any questions about real estate or wants to learn more about Curtin Team Cares or or anything, how can yeah. they reach you? Um, so Curtin is C-U-R-T-I-N, so no A in Curtin, but just CurtinTeam.com. And yeah. Everything's there. Yeah. We have our little, um, um, we have our Canton Street address. You could pop into our office. We have people that walk their dogs and say, are you in? And, you know, um, so call us, email us, message me on Facebook, whatever, Instagram, although I'm mostly on Facebook. So. Yep. So, so Curtin team, what is the Curtin family doing? Any, any big plans for the holiday? So Curtin family has no kitchen at the moment. Right. <laughs> and we're, mm. yeah, our kitchen is our dining room with a skillet and microwave and, um, yep. And, uh, so we're not cooking for the holidays, which yeah. is awesome. We're like, Hey, yes, we're coming, but we're not cooking. So we're and I know that's a story in itself, which we could talk about if we oh had more God. time. Oh, and it couldn't everybody. I mean, right. everyone's got their stories. Um, and that is one of ours. So yeah, we're, we're going to be with family in town. Um, we pretty much will be in town till maybe after, after the holidays, probably in the new year, we'll head out of town. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, thanks, Jeff. This was fun. It. All right. Well, everybody, thanks again for tuning in to Developments in the ATL with Jeff Smith. I've been with the Curtin team and Mitchell Palm. And uh, until next time, thank you for stopping by.